Okay, so our first presenter, uh, Raphael Delphoff, from, um, uh, is presenting uh, the propaganda machine. Um, so over to you, Raphael. Yes. Um, good evening. My name is Raphael Dolfer, and I would like to talk to you about something called the propaganda machine, which generates biased reports about risk games. So, oh, that's the wrong keys. So this whole thing started when I was thinking a few years back uh, about developments at the time in two fields. Namely, propaganda was really getting into the news at the time, such as the stuff with Cambridge Analytica, uh, all the fake news, and of course now it's still relevant with all the corona stuff happening. And also I was informed uh, about things in the field of natural language generation, which is the computer science field, it's quite old, of having computers generate texts from something. Uh, and this is usually used for stuff like weather forecasts, or it could be used for football results, or, which I found quite interesting, uh, automated journalism. So then, if it can be used for automated journalism, so it can be used to tell the truth, could you not invert this to make computers generate propaganda automatically? And if this is done, how well could it be done? Because that would be a big problem. So the idea became that this should probably be studied. How well could an NLG system be able to manipulate the perception of real factual data? Now, this is a, a study that's ripe with a lot of ethical problems, because if you create a system that generates propaganda, then you have now created a system that generates propaganda, and there's a whole lot of issues with that that are quite obvious. So how would you research this? That became the first question. Well, then that becomes, how would you create this? And for this, we opted to go for a template-based system. A template-based system is a very basic style of uh, NLG system. It's not the most up-to-date. Uh, and all it does is it takes data and it turns it into text by putting the data into templates. The reason to go for a template-based system is because it is very focused on one thing and one thing only. It can, it's hard for it to work in other fields, which means it's also harder for it if we limit the scope to work as an actual propaganda machine. It would be a toy propaganda machine. The only downside is it has to be made from scratch, so that requires some work, but that's fine. Then we decided for it to follow a, a simplified NLG pipeline which starts by data gathering. It gathers the data that's needed and then turns that into text. Then there's content determination, which decides, well, what part of the data do we want to report on? What part do we actually want to turn into text? There's sentence planning, which is the writing of the templates and how they work together. Then there's text realization, which is, well, the, a sort of a cleanup step to fix grammar, fix capitalization, stuff like that. And then eventually that becomes a written report. So then the question becomes, well, where are we going to get the data from? What are we going to write propaganda about? And the idea was, well, propaganda, most historically, most classically, is written about wars. But if we write about real wars, that's a, a whole other host of ethical issues. You, you can't do that. That's just disrespectful. So what if we write about fake wars? 
what if we get our data from a nice game of Risk? Risk is a, a classic board game where two or more players try to take over the world through wars. And suddenly, we have this machine that creates propaganda, but it's propaganda about a game. It's, it's a toy problem, suddenly. And that, at least to us, seemed to mitigate the ethical issues a lot by turning this real problem into a, a toy problem for study. So then, how do we turn risk, or in reality, the open source clone domination, into data? Well, risk has six types of events. Um, there's a couple of actions and then six types of events. The first one is fortify, which is when a player puts units on a country that they own. The second one is attack, which is when they go from one country, attack another country, and if they win, they take over the country. There's move, which is when a player moves units from one country they own to another. There's card, which is when a player takes over a country successfully, they get a card, which they can then later trade in for more units. And then there's the goal, which is taking over the world. And all these events could be reported on as data and then be turned into text. So now we have all this data, which is about 489 events per game that we tried. That's a li little bit much. We can't report on all that. That would be a whole book. It's too much. It's not interesting. So the data needs to be curated. Solution is twofold. One, we limit the time frame of the data. We decided to go for the middle section, which is usually the most interesting, and then report on only about four turns. That would be enough for research purposes. And the other option, the other solution, was to group relevant data together. So in this diagram, which is a bit confusing, uh, it's described how it works. Say you have events in country A, and country A is used to attack and conquer country B. Then all events in country B are also relevant. If country B is then used to attack country C, that all belongs to this one ongoing war, this one ongoing group. And we can then report on everything that happens in country A and country B in one go. Events in country C, we will have separate because country C isn't taken over. This way, you could have two wars, three groups, and then another fourth group of things that are not really relevant but should be reported on anyway. Having decided how to get the data and how to group it, uh, it was time to study the nature of propaganda. So we read through some old propaganda, some new propaganda. We read through texts talking about how propaganda works and how it developed. And all this was just to get some inspiration on how to write proper propaganda, which isn't really something you want to be able to do, but it's a skill that we now have. So then it's time to write the templates. And as a quick aside on how the templates work and what templates are, a template is simply a string with some variables inside, in this case, in curly braces. And then text gets put into the variables. And in this case as well, the text can do some basic calculations or really any function. So other player has trained amount new troops could be John has trained 10 new troops. And that becomes 100 and 1,000 with the times 10 and times 100. The templates were structured uh, in two ways. Uh, the first is the basic sentences, which are the main part. 
these would be split up into positive and negative events. So any positive event would be your player has successfully taken over a country. It has fortified things. It has moved units around. And negative events would be the other player has taken over your country. The other player has fortified. And what you want to do is you want to take everything positive that happened and you want to make it more positive. Word has reached from the United, Eastern United States front. It took only one hour to make Western United States great again. We did something small. Maybe it was a very small war, but we'll make it sound better. More importantly, the negative side, Mongolia has just taken over our side. You try to twist it. You try to make it, well, sure, they took over our side, but they did this in an unfair match because they were afraid of our true power. They're, so really, we are still on top, even if we had a slight setback right now. And these types of texts existed for every type of event that we discussed previously. Then, because just having separate sentences is kind of boring, you want to connect the sentences together, which was done through fluff text. You would have introductory sentences, which are just an introduction to a group, to a paragraph. Every group, as discussed earlier, is a paragraph. Then you could have continuing, which would say, well, this event leads to this event, which was the wars, as described earlier. Attack A goes on to attack B. Then there's intermittent, which connects different actions together. And then there's the conclusion of a paragraph. And as a separate thing, there's reason, which is simply an explanation of why things went well or why things went like this. And doing this all together, bring this all together, gets you to a final generated report that looks like this. The glory of God has smiled upon us again. Introduction. Word has reached from the Eastern United States front. It took only one hour to make Western United States great again. What actually happened? We killed all enemy soldiers with ease. Extra fluff. And if you combine all of this, you get a very long text on four turns. Having done the, the writing and having done all the things and generating reports, it becomes time for the evaluation, which is the most interesting part, I think. So the way the evaluation worked is that two texts were generated, one for Mongolia and one for Romania, which were the two players in this war. Then a number of subjects were told that they were, would be given text and asked questions about the quality of the text. They were told it was a research about quality of computer-generated texts on games. And they were first then asked questions that were sort of deflective. Oh, what did you think of the text? Did you notice any grammar mistakes? Uh, did you find it enjoyable? All of this wasn't really relevant, but it would put them on the wrong path. And then finally, they would be asked, who do you think is winning? And after they had decided whether Mongolia or Romania is winning, then they would be asked more questions. Why do you think they're winning? Things like that. So in our case, um, Mongolia is actually winning and Romania is losing. So the goal becomes convince the reader that Romania is actually winning even though they're losing. And we did these interviews under a couple of varying conditions. The first of which had a background and a neutral report. Now, to explain, the neutral report was a boring, dry text, which simply explained exactly what is happening 
in the game, exactly, factually, no embellishment. Mongolia is doing this, Romania is doing this. The background report, which turned out to be quite important, was a text which simply explained, this is the state of the game right now. So when we did this interview, we gave them a background, the background report first to explain what's going on. Then we gave them the Romania report, and then we gave them the neutral report. And at the end, every single subject easily saw through the propaganda. So it was a, a failure. But then we decided, well, in real life, people usually don't have a full sight of how the world works. They don't have a full factual knowledge. So what if we take out the background report and give them the Romania report and then the neutral report? And in this case, 75% of all subjects incorrectly identified Romania to be the winner. And that's interesting because even if they had all the facts and some people really tried reading the neutral report quite attentively, even with all the facts, they all thought Romania was winning. Then we decided, well, what if you use counter propaganda? So we gave them the Romanian text and then the Mongolian text and we skipped the neutral text. In this case, everyone decided, well, Mongolia is clearly winning. This might have to do because they read Mongolia last. It might be because Mongolia has an easier task because they're not lying, they are winning. But when we then try to flip it, it turned out that about half of the people thought Romania was winning. So possibly the which one you read first is important, but that would mean the neutral report isn't important because that's the last one they read. Number two is the interesting here. And I want to pinpoint specifically one quote I got from a, a subject who stated after reading the, the neutral report, hmm, Mongolia is fortifying a lot. I think they might be afraid of Romania. So they accurately noted, hey, Mongolia is doing a good thing, they are fortifying, which is good, which is positive, it means they have more units. The reason must be what I have been told before in the propaganda report, because they are afraid. So this person completely and utterly fell for, in all honesty, very transparent propaganda. So if people can fall for such transparent and pretty shoddily written propaganda, then how well would it work if you get a system that actually works on real wars, that works with real common symbols, that has years and years of research and money thrown at it? That could probably work quite well. In the end, this system was quite limited in scope, uh, both in the way it works and in the research. So even though an unsophisticated NLG system is able to influence subjects' perception of data, we, we could establish this. It might be nice to go through some further developments that could be possible. For example, there could be more variation, uh, not only in the text, the text was, the templates were quite unvaried, which caused for boring texts, 
but also in the interviews. A lot more types of interviews could be done to see how things influenced each other. Because the current solution seems to be give them counter-propaganda, which isn't great. Uh, another option would be higher quality writing, um, which also means better neutral reports. The writing was kind of, I'm not a professional writer, neither is my colleague, so the writing was eh. And the neutral reports were, as shown before, very boring, very dry. And in reality, most high quality journalism, which is supposed to be neutral, isn't that dry. So maybe better neutral reports would mean that they would be better at seeing that the propaganda is a lie. Also interesting could be alternate studies, because the study current, the, the way the system works doesn't specifically limit itself to the current study question. For example, it could be used in games. What if you were to take this system that creates propaganda of a game and then see if it changes the behavior of the player. If, if a person's actually playing the game instead of AI as was used for this system, and they were given the propaganda, either for their side or for the other side, could that influence the way they play the game? Would they play better or would they play worse? And why? Stuff like that could be studied with a toy system like this. And that's a second interesting thing that came out of the study that wasn't really accepted, or well, expected, I mean. In any case, it's a small research for now, um, but it leaves some interesting questions. So if there are any more questions, feel free to ask them. Otherwise, I would like to thank you for your time. Thank you very much, Raphael. Um, are, are, are there questions for, uh, for Raphael? Um, okay, so I've, uh, I have a question. Um, have you thought about um, different player types and how different people might be uh, impacted by different um, uh, persuasions, how the, the specific different messages might affect others, and how uh, were there any clusters, or did you look for any clusters in the in the uh, the uh, groups of players? Um, um, no, I didn't because it wasn't part of the original research, but it is something that I would think was interesting uh, as a continuing research. So. As I, I, as I thought before, um, a player who is very boastful, maybe, who is very sure of themselves, if they were given propaganda that emphasizes that, they might play better. Whereas perhaps, uh, or maybe they would grow too boastful. Or perhaps someone who's a bit unsure of themselves would think, oh, uh, it's a lie. Maybe they get flustered. Okay, so perhaps there's... Um... Could you perhaps lure the, the 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 player into a false sense of security, or or have other kind of behavioural mechanisms at play, like reinforcement learning and, and things like that? Do you think that 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 could be an interesting? Uh, I think that'd avenue? be very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So it's, I think it's a, a fantastic project. Uh, really, very uh, very interesting. Um, thank you, Raphael.